Well, if you have your Bible, you can lift it up. Glory to God. If you don't, you can just say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. I believe it is God Almighty in written form. And today, and in my heart, it will change me. It will speak to me. It will be confirmed by Holy Spirit. It will cause me to be conformed to the image of Jesus to the glory of the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Whew, all right. We've been uh, ministering probably about six weeks at least in the context of spiritual warfare. We've been utilizing uh, Ephesians 6, the armor of God, as our main proof text with some others. And we're going to enter in to the sword of the spirit. We're not going to do it this Sunday because I was doing some fasting and praying this week and Holy Ghost uh, manifested some things that I, I want to share. But they'll help us in the context of spiritual warfare. Uh, it's a, a lot of it's prophetic. But let's start out and just reiterating some things from what we've been going over. Turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 6. We've been sharing that so often the armor of God is really put in the wrong context. It's put in the context of Christians being in a defensive posture. And if you read the first five chapters of Ephesians, you'll see it's all about being in the offensive posture. Ephesians 6 causes us to enter in to be careful in how we walk. And also, every part of the armor of God can be offensive as well. Glory to God. The preaching of the gospel. Glory to God. The breastplate of righteousness, which burns out the eyes of the enemy. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. So let's look at some things to summarize and reiterate. I believe it'll be a great blessing. And then we're going to enter into a, a number of things today. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We spent weeks on this because it's the key. Glory to God. Almighty God is in us. Almighty God confirms us. Almighty God reigns. Thine is the kingdom, the glory and the power, not the devil. And God wants us all to enter into a place where we walk in the spirit of minds. And we took great lengths to enter into the depths of what this really entails. We looked at Isaiah 11 and then as one of our main proof texts that goes with this, we looked at Ephesians 3, 16 and 17, which is an, our amazing verses. Look, let's look at them again. Glory to God. I tell you, if the word of God doesn't excite you, ask Holy Ghost to bring a fire of illumination so you will be excited. Amen. I love the song that we sang today. You provide the fire. I'll provide the sacrifice. Amen? Glory to God. How many know we're not the fire? But the fire's in us. The fire flows through us. The fire goes for us. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. You can tell I'm a little excited today. I received some strong things this week in regards to fasting and prayer. And uh, whew, Ephesians 3.16, God says that he would grant you, this is his desire, according to the riches of his glory. The riches of his glory are in the man Christ Jesus. We see that in Philippians 4.19. Scripture interprets scripture. My God shall supply all of my needs, no matter what my needs are, according to his riches in Christ Jesus. There's a man that sits at the right hand of God. He is all God, but he is all man. Because 1 Timothy 2.5 said there's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. How can he be man and God? He can be anything he wants. Amen. He's the lion and the lamb. And Ezekiel, man, glory to God, shares about him being the lion, the lamb, a man. Whew, glory to Jesus. So all life is in him. And when we pray, the life in the man Christ Jesus flows to us as we confess the word. The life of the man Christ Jesus flows to us through the spirit of God. Whew, Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to see when we pray, when we confess the word, life is flowing from the throne of God by Holy Spirit into us, through us. For us. Amen. So it goes on to say that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Read the next verse under faith and love. And this verse is completely correlative to Acts 10 38, where it says, in Peter giving a summary of the ministry of Jesus, says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. That's the spirit of might. Now this is saying that the same spirit of might that was in Jesus is now in us because of the blood that was shed, the gift of righteousness, the grace of God, and the mercy of God. We say this all the time, but it needs to be repeated. Jesus was anointed because of his perfection. We can never be anointed because of our perfection. Even probably for an hour, a day, a minute, a second. Because he can only, do, nobody in any way, shape, or form can walk in perfection like Jesus did. But because we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, glory to God, the gift of righteousness, hallelujah, that he earned alone is now gifted to us. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You know, sometimes people re-gift presents, you know, on Christmas, most likely things they don't like, you know what I'm saying? But Jesus, he got this gift and he regifted it to us in an amazing way. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. It's the gift of life, the gift of righteousness. Hallelujah. Intrinsic to the gift of righteousness is the reality of Holy Spirit living through us 
in faith, and in, 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 in faith and love, in might. Glory to Jesus. So we see the armor of God. We see spiritual warfare from this perspective. Glory to God. Through the spirit of might. And we went over the di different parts of the armor, girding yourself with truth. And we, we took a teaching from Derek Prince, elaborated on, on it in some ways, where when you gird your loins, very simply, it's being ready for battle. You're not going to win the battle if you're not ready for it. Like what David Hogan always shares. If, if you're in battle and you need to get ready, most likely it's too late. Ready, man, to go through some trials sometimes, to be persecuted sometimes. All those who live godly in Christ will be persecuted. I don't see that on many people's refrigerator doors, but it's true. But the blessing of God is in there because the spirit of glory will rest upon you in the midst of persecution. Ready to receive the blessing, ready to be used by God, ready to raise the dead. Ready. Amen. Then we, look, we entered in to the breastplate of righteousness and with the correlative verse of 1 Thessalonians 5.8, putting on the breastplate, faith and love. I tell you what, mm, faith is the key. It's the bridge between this realm and the heavenly realm, between the natural and the supernatural. Man, it's about everything. Everything you do is going to be according to your faith. And then we talked a lot about love. Amen? Man, sometimes it's just real simple. Love as you've been loved by Jesus, who was a servant, and love the way you want to be loved by others. I'm amazed how judgmental people can be. Honestly. You know what? They would never like the things said about them, but yet they say it about others. Whew, that's a divining spirit, man. Love one another, amen, as Jesus has loved you. Love one another as you want to be loved, amen? I always think, and the enemy tries to get me to think wrong about somebody, would I like them thinking this about me? Because you can uncover anybody. Anybody. We need to cover people, not uncover them. Amen. Now, if there's something that needs to be dealt with, you know what I'm saying? Then we need to deal with it. Someone brings a fifth of whiskey to church and they're taking sips between the sermon points, you know what I'm saying? You kind of need to talk to them, you know what I'm saying? But the bottom line is this. Faith working through love, I tell you, the devil has nothing to come against them with. Amen. Glory to God. And that's the glory of God. The righteousness, the life of Jesus. It's amazing. The love that Jesus had. Love, right? Suffers all things, believes all things. Man, patient. Glory to God. Amen. All right. And then we went into, man, you got to share the gospel. And I said this, and some people don't understand it, but a lot of people, we, we did an Armor of God series, and it's really helped a lot of people. And we said, you know what? The preparation of the gospel peace. 
I had person after person say, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't, there's so much going on in my life. I'm not prepared a lot of times to share the gospel. If you're not prepared, it's not going to happen. Amen? But if you don't share the gospel, we said this, you'll be like the Dead Sea rather than the Red Sea. They both have lots of water, but the Dead Sea has no outlet. The Red Sea flows. Amen. And, but if you don't share the gospel, it'll bring confusion to your soul. Because it's like, we have eternal life. It's amazing. I, I really believe that if you don't have a burden for souls, man, there's something not right. Amen. And uh, glory to God. But God makes it right. He doesn't condemn us, but he convicts us. And causes us to be able to enter in. Glory to God. All right. Then we talked about the large shield. There's two shields that the Roman soldier had. A small shield he did most of his combat with. And then a large shield, almost as big as a door. And had a hook on the end where you could hook up. You could get all these doors around you. That represents the body of Christ. And then when these big missiles come, they can't touch you. 1 John 5, 18 says the devil cannot touch us. Luke 10, 19 says the devil cannot touch us. We can touch him, but he, we are untouchable. And we sure did. Man, that's pretty heavy duty because there's faith we use every day, but then there's some things. Man, maybe someone did something that really hurt somebody. And you can't you can't dwell on it. The blood has, if you truly repented, amen, has washed. Amen. Psalm 103 says, put your sins from the east, from the west, and the sea of nothingness. But there's, if we let, or something happened bad to us, maybe even by something in church, somebody in church, man, We've got to get that out of our mind, put it under the blood of Jesus, and go on. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And then there's some things that are hard for all of us. All of us. I don't know if anybody that hasn't lost any battles in the war. But I tell you what, we want to enter into a place where we don't lose battles. But we will win the war, too. Amen. All right. Then we shared about hope. Man, hope protects the mind. Again, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. Putting as for a helmet, hope. Hope's powerful. Man, hope and joy go together. Romans 15, 13. Man, letting hope abound in the fullness of joy. Because we believe, man, Christ is in us, giving us a hope that will not be negated or minimized. Amen? Glory to God. And we're going to hit the sword of the Spirit, which is... Going very, very strong. Oh, man, I can't wait to do it. I feel like the Lord's not wants us to enter into some things, okay? I entitled this message. It goes with the spiritual warfare. More, not less. Higher, not lower. When you're in a place of challenge or you're in a place where you're, in, you're, you're still crossing over, you're in a place where it may be difficult, or even if you're in a good place, you always want to enter into more. Yeah. 
You always want to go higher. That's the thing I notice about Christians that are strongest. They're not content with what they have. Someone says, well, I, you know, I lead someone to G one person to Jesus every week. But I, and that's awesome. More than most. But guess what? You're not greeted on a curve. What would Jesus do? What did Jesus do? We always want to enter into more. Oh, man. More. The more of Jesus that you enter into, the more you want. Amen? Glory to God. We always want to go higher. Amen. All right. So this past week, I was led to pray and do some fasting. And sometimes I'll just, sometimes there's a specific need. Sometimes I just fast to enter into more and to go higher. A while ago, I was fasting. I've shared this before, but a number of years ago. And man, I said, Lord, I just want more of you. And no pressing need. Man, and I, I fasted and for three days, and I'll be honest with you, it seemed dry. It didn't seem like it was working. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm so glad when these three days are going to be over. <laughs> How do you know the Lord knows what you're thinking? <laughs> so, you know, I did my religious deal. Lord, thank you for the privilege to fast. I'm thinking, thank God for a, a Big Mac that's coming up. You know what I'm saying? And the Lord, he said, uh, could you fast one more day? I'm thinking, verse 3 didn't seem to do so well. I knew in my heart there's things breaking. But man, it's just as hard to fast for. Usually it's not hard for me to fast. I said, okay. End of the fourth day, the fourth day was better. Man, Jesus came in a mighty way. And Exodus 34, 14 kind of lit up on the page. The Lord says, my, my name is Kenna, Q-U-E-N-N-A. My name is Jealous, meaning I love you so much. I love the body of Christ so much. I can't stand them to be with someone else or anything else. And man, I just saw his heart in an amazing way. Yahweh Kenna. Man, it changed my life, glory to God. So I was fasting praying this past week. Amen. And uh and the Lord just dealt with me about spiritual warfare. He accentuated. Even though, you know, we've been teaching on this, the Lord came to me and said, there's more spiritual warfare that you're involved in than you realize. And I'm thinking, I, I know, Lord, that's what I'm teaching on for eight weeks. And he said, no, it's more than you know. So I said, all right. So because I was praying for different people fighting cancer, I was praying just for attacks on families in general, attack on truth in our nation. I was praying for our nation. I was praying for our church. Okay? And, uh, and one of the things I saw is I never saw it before. I mean, I know he hates our nation. The devil. The devil hates our nation. And a lot of his children that are of the devil... They hate our nation too. And some of them are in churches. Amen. Don't shut me down when I'm teaching good. Amen. Yeah, it was founded wrong and we're this and we're that. I want to tell you something. The United States as a nation is no more perfect than any person. But I'll tell you what, it's the best nation on earth. And I'm not sharing this because it's July 4th. I'm sharing it because it's true.
I don't see anybody else trying to get into other nations. What they're trying to get here. Amen. But man, I saw some things. It was like, man, how much he hates the, our nation. And how much he wants to destroy it. Man. How much he hates the truth and how he, he's trying to negate truth and with this non-absolutistic thought, mindset. There's no truth. It's whatever truth is whatever you want it to be, whatever you think it is. Making you your own God. Man, I saw this guy. Man, the devil's hate for people, especially Christians, trying to bring harm to people. I tell you, I saw the devil's hate for this church as never before. Wow. And, but the neatest thing was then God spoke not to be discouraged, but just to go higher and enter into more me, more of the gospel, more power, more, more, more. Not legalistically, but man, the Bible said, well, let's go right to this. Isaiah 59, 19. Glory to God. Isaiah is such a powerful book. Most of us know this, but it's the top of the whole Bible. 66 books in Isaiah. 66, 66 chapters in Isaiah, 66 books in the Bible. First 39 chapters of Isaiah have an Old Testament context, 39 books in the Old Testament. The next 27 chapters, man, they're prophesying of different things to come, according to the New Testament. 27 books in the New Testament. Glory to God. Isaiah 59, 19. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So when the enemy is coming in and it looks like he's going to overwhelm you, defeat you, slander you, the Bible says like a flood. Yes. Amen. Just like the, in the Red Sea. It looked like the Egyptians had the upper hand. It looked like they had leverage. But they did not. God had leverage. God always has leverage. Yes. And what happened? These thousands of chariots, which at the time was unbeatable. Like a flood. Oh, man, the water just consumed them. Amen? And they drowned. A number of years ago, I was uh, walking down the street and I looked in this one, at this one house in the backyard and it just rained. And there was a large rat I saw. Man, I don't like rats. But this thing was drenched in water and looked like he was dying. The Lord spoke to me strongly. He said, the devil is a drowned rat. Or a rat that I would drown. Amen? That's the truth. All right. So I want to share nine things that happened when I was, the Lord either spoke or something happened. About him raising up a standard. One, I was praying with a, a guy, and just a good guy, helping him in some ways and just some discipleship. And I've been talking to him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit for many months. 
You know, just getting in the Word. You're not, not trying to manipulate to get him to see what the Word says. And uh, he started to get hungry for this. And so just this uh, past week, I just said, I think it's time to just act on what you know. And I said, but I'm not going to tell you to do it. I said, you tell me if you sense you're ready. Amen. There has to be readiness. Amen. Unless the Holy Ghost just comes, there has to be readiness. Remember Kathy and I were discipling a girl on campus ministry. And uh, she came from a very a strong Mennonite denominational background. And all this was really new to her. And she said, I really don't believe in this or understand it. And I said, that's all right. So we just shared the scriptures with her. We said, when you're ready, you come and we'll pray with you. And most of you know, I'm in the natural. I'm just not a morning person. And I remember it was a Saturday. We were up late. We were not evangelizing like until one in the morning. And I think it was about, about quarter after seven in the morning. And it, you know, rap, rap, rap at the door. And it's like, uh, Kathy says, please answer it. I went down. Man, got dressed, went down. And she, I opened up the door and she says, I'm ready. I'm thinking, for what? <laughs> I'm so tired. She said, the, the praying, the Holy Ghost is speaking tongues. So when in, I just prayed. And she spoke in tongues. I went upstairs and Cass said, what happened? I said, I'm not even sure. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but her life was changed. But she was ready. So uh, this past week, man, Holy Ghost came. And man, see, this is what it's about. In our time of need, or just in our time of wanting more, will Holy Ghost come? That's what it's about. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Jesus had faith in the Holy Ghost. And uh, man, I said, you know, so we prayed, laid hands on him. I said, you know, what do you sense? And he said, he said, I'm on fire from head to toe. I mean, for a while, he was just like, man, he said, I'm on fire. And, and the, the, the Spirit of God filled the room. And then he began to pray in the Spirit. And then uh, I said, well, let's just pray for more, some more. And uh, man, because I was sharing with him about the Holy Ghost and fire. The Holy Ghost will burn up things you're struggling with. And the Holy Ghost will impart fire. And man, he just starts hitting himself like in the chest. like a, He says, something left me. Something left me. I said, amen. You know, it was just very glorious. But so I said, let's just keep praying in the spirit. So what I want to share most is the Holy Ghost just filled the room. Just filled the room. Isn't that what it's about? In each of our lives. Holy Ghost confirms us. He confirms us. And it was like, wow. It, it was just amazing. I couldn't stop praying in tongues because the anointing was there, just like an evangelistic anointing, an intercessory anointing. That's powerful. Second thing happened this week. Uh, again, I was working with a young man, I think 17, 18 years old. He went to, down to Alabama. It's called the Ramp. They have a revival going on down there. A genuine revival. Man, so I said, all right, when you come back, you know, just let me know how it went. And uh, I'll be honest with you, it was, on fr it was Friday. I was so busy. I forgot about the appointment. It had to be God because I was going to turn my phone off and do something and 
man, he says, hey, I'm at the center waiting. I said, I'll be right there. <laughs> so, man, he was sharing. Woo! Man! I said, what happened to you? Man, he shared his face with the glow with the Holy Ghost. It was so, so interesting. He said, God just changed me. Now, he knew the Lord before. But he, he said, he kept saying, more, more, more. He said, every time the Holy Ghost touched me, I said, wow. And, he, and the Lord said, ask for more. He said, the Holy Ghost touched me again. It was three days. He said, ask for more. He said, Lord, I can't take no more. But see, it's a key because God always has more, right? And so encouraged me. So I said, man, you just start praying because the anointing was all over him, right? Man, he's ministering to me now. And he starts praying and I got some words of knowledge. And I had like three words. I had that word of knowledge to share with him and he had the same word. And I sensed it. I said, so I wrote down the word of knowledge I had on a piece of paper. I said, what's the word that God gave you? It was the same exact word. But see, but the anointing, and we can live like this every day. So he said, yeah, I was there. It was the craziest thing. He said, uh, I prayed for these two girls about my age, 16, 17. And I, they started speaking in tongues. And he said, when they were speaking in tongues, he said, I could tell, I knew exactly what they were saying in English. So, well, and, he said, and they were saying some funny things. Because it is at the ramp convention, I don't know why they did this with permanent marker, but at the, they put, they, <laughs> anybody wanted for their generation to get on fire for God, with permanent marker, they wrote holy on their forehead. <laughs> And the girls are praying in tongues, not knowing what they're saying, but they're talking about how, how funny that was. They have permanent market on their head and don't know if they can get it off. But then they're talking in spiritual stuff. Wow. Someone says, that's, not, that's Jesus. It's more. Someone says, oh, I've never heard of tongues in that context. That's because it's more. Amen? <sighs> Glory to God. Then another thing happened. I was ministering and there's a need, and man, I started praying in these tongues. I never prayed them before. It's more. And it was, it scared me because it was such authority, but it was a very heavy-duty situation. I knew it was not me, believe me. But I knew that the enemy was broken in Jesus' name. Just like I shared his testimony, Mark Gepard is putting on this thing down at Hines Field next week, Sunday. You know, we were, we, he helped us out, me some, and uh, we were meeting at a Eaton Park in Trenton where the church, Dayspring, was at at the time, and where we both ordained from. And he said, tell me what's going on in your life. And I shared with him some things. Uh, we had a, had a privilege to pray for a lady. She had these tumors on her pancreas, could have been deadly, and they disappeared and after praying. And I said, man, tell me, Mark, about when you're in Guatemala, I heard you raise someone from the dead. And I said it per loudly, purposely, because every head turned at Eaton Park. <laughs> and long story short, he just said, you know what? I was doing some church planning. I uh, got this kid to read the gospel to the village when I left. And then uh, they took me in the back room to pray for their dad. I just thought he was sleeping. I prayed in the Holy Ghost. 
Then I spoke with authority. Chains be broken in Jesus' name. And God turned, yawned, turned over. And he said, well, I took off because the mom and the two kids, their eyes got as big as saucers. He said, there's huge tarantulas in this village. He said, I don't care how powerful man of God I'm in. I'm out the door. You know what I'm saying? So he took off. He comes back. Uh, and it was like 10 days later. A doctor flew him in. He walked up prior. Flew him into the same village in a helicopter. And, man, there's like thousands of people there from all over. And Mark says, man, who, who's everybody here to see? And the doctor says, Quit, don't mess around with stuff like this. He said, obviously, they're here to see you. He said, why? And the doctor said, that guy you raised from the dead. And Mark says, what guy did I raise from the dead? He said, that guy in such and such a hut, the little boy's, you know, dad that said he's going to, you know, read. He said, I thought the guy was sleeping. He said, Mark, that guy was dead for three days. They don't have funeral homes. He's laying there, right? Well, it couldn't have been him because he didn't even know he did it. But it was the Holy Ghost. And see, that's what got me ignited. So uh, there's authority. And then I was praying over somebody, and I saw a spirit, man. There's a spirit of divination coming against them, trying to bring harm to them. Woo, and it was very, very powerful. Man, very powerful. That's they're praying for the church. And man, I saw some, you know, some thing coming against this church, and I broke that in Jesus' name. Very, very powerful because it was Holy Ghost. Woo, Jesus. When the Holy Ghost does it, that's when it's done. Amen? Amen. Man, I have a lot to it. I'll share more in depth next Sunday on that. And then, uh, wow. So all these things kept happening. I think the... uh, Seventh thing was uh, Matt and Lisa and I, we were not sharing the gospel yesterday. Now I was tired, to be honest with you. I just said, let's go out for a little bit. And Matt had a guitar, and, and uh, we were not. There's a lot of people because of Fourth of July and stuff. We went to Sheets and state, and then to the state store. Not to get a drink, okay, to, to share the gospel at the state store, right? And I... Uh, so he's just playing the guitar, you know, and, uh, but people were walking by and, I, you know, and Jesus came. I mean, I, I grabbed a hold of uh, two kids. They sat down where we were at on the table and Jesus came. Another kid was inside the car and I, I felt so compelled. These guys are singing and worshiping and I felt so compelled. I just knocked on the window and I said, please put your window down. He said, what's up? I said, man, God's heart is crying out to you. He said, okay. I mean, it was strong, and I think it should a number of people. But it was just, it was just fun. But I, what I'm saying is this. Every day. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Then the Holy Ghost kept coming and, and, and shared a couple more things. And... and he shared, the eighth thing he shared, he said, you know what? Man, I heard him saying, 
I am so grieved and so hurt by my body being harmed so often in such a devastating way. And that's what he gave me that verse, Isaiah 59, 19. He said, I will raise a standard to those who will let me. And but it, wasn't, it wasn't condemnation. It was powerful. It was like he's just waiting to ignite us. That's why I love that song. You provide the fire, I'll provide the sacrifice. Amen? Glory to God. It's a reasonable sacrifice. Sharing the gospel when he says so. Praying when he says so. Being excited and ready. Amen. Shoo. And I, I just, man, I was just on fire. Glory to God. And then the last thing, he'd already shared this with me for the last week. But see, you can hear the same thing over and over again, and it can almost you can almost become too familiar with it. Yeah, Holy Spirit's in me, I know it. Man, if we ever knew it like we should know it, woo, we would never ever get tired of saying it. If we said it a hundred times a day, God Almighty is in me. Shoo, the life me, make me whole. Make me a lion that speaks, man, unto the kingdom coming. Amen? So I heard this before, but I heard it in a way I never heard it before. From Psalm 37, 5, Psalm 37, 4 and 5. He said, delight yourself in the Lord, the scripture says. And most of us do that. We love the Lord. We wouldn't be here if he didn't. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. And I began to say, Lord, there's still some desires of my heart and different things that have not been realized or the enemies come against. So I started to think on some things. I said, Lord, this hasn't really come to pass. And man, the enemy's trying to come against this and this and that. And it was like, man, I heard the Lord say the next verse, trust also in me and I will do it. And I said, whoo, okay. Just like that. Wow. And it reminded me of a situation. I was counseling this young man. He had been harmed, sexual abuse. It was crazy, man, at like a family reunion. I think when he was like 15. This was years ago. And uh, he was attending uh, Christian College out west. And he was visiting somebody anyway. He came here and he spent like six weeks with them. And I counseled for these six weeks. And uh, he had lost every natural desire towards the opposite sex. Because he was sexually abused by a man and started to have these desires for men. Because the demon in the man that hurt him was important to this kid. So I said, you know what? I don't have any magic formulas but I've got Jesus. And I said, let's just get, enter into the word, who we are. So we start claiming it. In the fifth week, he said, you know what? This just doesn't seem to be working. 
And he said, I, you know, with all due respect, I'm not going to come back. And I said, well, with all due respect, the Lord said it would work. Now, and he, so he said again, it's not working. And I said, but the word says it would work. So we would do it. We did this like four or five times. And the Holy Ghost rose up in, in me because I wasn't planning on doing this. He said, Pastor, he said, it's just not working. And I just yelled, yeah, but the Lord said it would. He went, I guess. <laughs> so he prayed. Next week he comes in with a big smile on his face. Last week he was going to be in this area. I said, what's up? He said it worked. It worked. Glory to God. So Lord, that was the ninth thing. He said, I will do it. And I want to just share quickly some verses. That verse of Exodus 34, 14, where God says, I'm jealous over you. Mm. One of in regards to the name of God that is shared most in the Bible is the, is the name Yahweh Sehabath, the God of angel armies, the God who will fight for you. 242 times in the Bible. God is a God who just doesn't stand by. The devil gets you to think he's just standing by, but he's at work. He simply needs us to continue to be the sacrifice and confessing the word of God until things break. That's what he will do it. Second in John 11, you know, Jesus groaned in the spirit and was troubled. After Lazarus' death, the word groaned in the Greek is the word abrimamahi. It means he just couldn't take it anymore. There's times when we say, I can't take it anymore. God says, I'm with you. Let's get it done. Amen. And then James 4, 5, it says, the Holy, Holy Ghost in you and me lusteth to envy has a jealous lust towards us. We think of lust in a bad way. It can be. But it says the lust after spiritual gifts. Here's a lust, a need to manifest himself. And it also goes with John 17, 26, where Jesus said, I have manifested my name. When I was on the earth, I manifested the name. And he said, I will continue to do it for every believer so that the love that I was loved with when I was on the earth will be in you and I in you. So this, this backs up his going to do it. And, and whether it's sickness, depression, you're unjustly treated, slandered, misperceived, mm, impossible situations. Man, it comes against the family, comes against the family of God, it comes against our natural family, finances, or you're just tired. What's the key? To say, you know what? God, bring the rapture so I can get out of here? No. God's coming back for a glorious church. A church that doesn't need to be raptured out because they're so weak. 
when the church is so strong, God takes us up like he did Enoch. Glory to God. So what do we do? Man, we say, God, I want more. I want more. I want the scripture that I know to be true, to be in me stronger. I want to go higher in the spirit, stronger. Glory to God. God will do because he's already done it. We see that in the word of God, what he's done. But also, he took communion today. He shed his blood. He gave up his body. He became sin. He already, it's already done. He will do it because he's done it. And now he will manifest it, amen, in us. Let's look at Psalm 149, 6 and 7. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Now, as I'm sharing this, I would encourage you. Man, like that young man, 17, 18 years old. I, I said, we were talking about how to stay on fire. And he, whew, he said, I, I, after I tasted this, I'm never going back. Well, if it can happen, it's for all of us. Nobody's any better than anybody else. Nobody's any, meant to be any more spiritual than anybody else. That, that's a lie from hell. It really is a lie from hell. If I can enter into things, you can. If you can't enter into things, I can. Hmm. Psalm 149.6, it says, let, you have to let it. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. It's hard sometimes when things, things aren't going well. In the natural. But that's when, see, it's a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes praise is not a sacrifice. It's just, man, when, when something just happened that's good, that's amazing, I mean, come on. You know, what's that? Somebody, even an unbeliever, man, they get an inheritance of a million dollars, they'll be praising. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's good to praise when things are going well. But, man, it's a sacrifice of praise sometimes. Amen. Like Paul and Silas in prison. Amen? Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. And a two-edged sword in your hand. Woo! That sword comes out of your mouth. Just like it came out of the mouth of Jesus as shared in Revelation. They execute vengeance upon the heathen, punishment upon the people. They bind their kings with chains and their nobles, fetters of iron. Talking about principalities that rule through others. To execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints. Praise you, Lord. Not some saints. Not those who are pastors or evangelists. All saints. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. We have the written word of God first and foremost. It's what Holy Ghost confirms. Man, we got a born again spirit. Woo. That's filled with faith. If we cultivate it, we got the name of Jesus above every name. We got the love of God Himself in us. 
Ooh, we've got the voice of God to tell us what to do, how to do it. Amen. Kila makandesha hatai, lema dasote, lima na doso hotai, o diasata hatai, e si adoso hotai, o dialate, atiate. I just hear the Lord saying, I have done it through the sacrifice of my son. And yes, I will do it for you. Look at me as you've never looked at me before. Through my word. Through my spirit. Even through the testimonies of others. Even through fivefold ministry. I am the author and perfecter of your faith. And I will confirm that which you speak according to my word. My head Lord saying so strongly, if I need to give one word, a knowledge, I'll give it. If I need to give a hundred, I'll give a hundred. The Lord says, out of my love for you, I will do what you need me to do. Put my word first. Put my spirit first. Put my blood first. Put my name first. Put me first. Look at me daily and see my father's heart. That the same love that caused me to send my son is the same love that will cause me, that does cause me to do whatever you need me to do. For I am the Lord that not only healeth thee, I'm the Lord that loves you in an amazing way. All I need is your agreement. Let me do what you need me to do. For I, the Lord, say I live to do it. I sent my son so I could do it. And I will do it. I will do it. I will do it because of my love for you. Glory to God. Let me just share this last testimony and we're going to pray, okay? There's a lot there. Uh, a number of years ago, Michelle, you went with me. Caleb drove us down. We went down to Tennessee. A bunch of kids from Grove City College and then uh, Caleb, who's now a lawyer in uh, Oklahoma, he drove. That was an experience, wasn't it? Man, he drove uh, faster than I would drive. I'll just say that. Man, we're going through the mountains of West Virginia and uh, amen. And uh, we went down to see David Hogan. He was speaking uh, close to the University of Tennessee. And uh, we just had a great time. It was, it was just really, really good. David shared a testimony I never forgot. He said most of his pastors, not all of them, he oversees thousands of churches. He said many of them, not all of them, have risen, they've raised the dead in different parts of the world. Most of the churches he oversees are Mexico, Central America, South America, and beyond. And he said one of his main pastors his wife was uh, ready to deliver. I think they already had two kids. And they lived 
I think six hours away from Mexico City, and there really weren't the hospitals or anything. But they had a midwife come who helped them. Uh, no, she was new. They had a midwife before, but she couldn't come. So this other midwife comes from Mexico City, travels all the way up. And she was not a believer, but she had heard of all the miracles that took place through this pastor and his wife and this church. And uh, so she spent time with them, and the time came for the baby to be delivered. And unfortunately, uh, the baby was delivered. He was stillborn. He was dead. And uh, the mother was not doing well physically, and she went into shock. But the pastor, we're all human. Man, the pastor, man, he went into shock and depression, and he couldn't even help his wife. He just went over in the corner and started to weep. And this went on for quite some times. And finally, this midwife, who's not even a Christian, but heard of all the miracles, even the raising of the dead. She went over. She's trying to bring the wife back. And then she ran over to the husband, and she grabbed him. And she said, why don't you do what you do? And that so shook him up. He went from the corner, started to pray for his wife, and she came back. This is a true story, believe me. Then he grabbed a hold of that baby that was dead. And him and his wife began to pray. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. And that baby come back to life. Now I sure this to say this. It wasn't God that caused that baby to be stillborn. It wasn't God that was going to take that wife's life. It wasn't God that put that pastor in the corner. It was the enemy. But in the natural, it seemed overwhelming. I can't even imagine something like that. But I'm here to tell you, it may be overwhelming to our flesh, but not to the Holy Ghost, who is the God inside of our spirit. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. Let the word of God come out your mouth. It's time to let God do what he does by doing what we're called to do. And that's to worship our king as we've never worshipped before. And to speak as we never spoke before. The word of the living God. The written word and that which he's given us to speak prophetically. There are challenges all around us. But here's the reason we're going to win. Because Christ is in us, the hope of glory. He's in each of us. And what he gives us hope for, desire for, as we do our small part, being the sacrifice, reasonable sacrifice, worshiping him, spending time in the word, 
not being critical of one another. Entering into living by faith. Speaking the word. Not that hard, is it? Challenging at times. But by the grace of God, we can. But it's all for one reason. For one reason. To glorify God. And to let his father heart be satisfied by letting him cause us to be who he's called us to be. In intimacy and as warriors in a lost and dying world to bring forth the gospel. Amen. He who offereth praise glorifieth me. The Bible says. Again, let the high praises of God be in your mouth. Let the two-edged word, two-edged sword come out of our mouth. For it will not fail. For he is worthy. And the word that comes out of our mouth is his word. And he will confirm it. Amen. Let's stand together. If you're listening to this and you're saying, wow, that's, that's strong. It's meant to be strong. You're meant to be strong. It's time for us not to blame God, not to blame others. It's time to do what we're supposed to do because of the awesomeness of who he is. To worship him, to fall in love with him as never before, to eat of him through his word, his presence, his voice. And to worship him as never before. As never before. And to speak. And to speak. So he can confirm that which he has written. Glory to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. And right now.